Hi, this is Ben, and this is Ben's Week in Medical School, sharing knowledge about the human body and glimpses into life in medical school. This podcast is for your entertainment and education. I do my best to present accurate information, but this podcast is not professional medical advice. It's a personal project and does not represent the views of my medical school. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 30 of the podcast, and I've just finished week 33 of medical school. This block of classes turned out really well. I'm still waiting on the results of my anatomy practical, which won't be released until the end of the day, Monday. It's a fill in the blank test, so they literally have to decipher a bunch of soon to be doctors scribbles in order to grade the test. So I don't envy that. This block was the hardest one for me so far, and I wanna break that down a little bit later. Um, What has gone well and what am I gonna change for the next time? But in the end, it went pretty well as far as taking the test and getting through it. I want to talk about um, bones and cartilage and osteoarthritis to round out the musculoskeletal system block. And I have an inspiring new quote that I'm working with that I hope leads to fostering an empowered mindset with my classwork and outside projects. And finally, I'm going to begin transitioning the podcast to a new hosting platform that I hope I can do most of the work for this vacation week, which means I'll be able to have more control over the podcast and have an easier URL for sharing. And there may be a few changes that might start happening next episode, but all that is coming up. Let's get to it. So one of the big takeaways from the musculoskeletal system is that bones are alive. And it's really unfortunate the way we end up seeing them all through growing up and in the media and the world as like a plastic skeleton hooked together with wires. Because it really doesn't capture the amazingness of the bones themselves and the joints that hold them together and permit the specific movements of the body. Bones are fully integrated into the blood supply. I mentioned in the podcast back when we were studying hematology and oncology that as adults, almost all of our red blood cells are made inside of the bones in sort of a factory for making cells called the bone marrow. So there needs to be a way for blood cells and nutrients to get into and out of bones. And so there's networks of blood vessels that go into and out of all the bones and actually permeate and touch cells all throughout the bone. So even in the hardest part of the bone, the cortex, the outer surface of the bone, there are tiny blood vessels going lengthwise and widthwise around in a network through that bone. In fact, if the blood supply to a bone is cut off, let's say by a fracture that breaks the blood vessels, that bone can die and then disintegrate. This is especially bad news if it's in a part of the bone that forms an important joint like the hip. In fact, one of the main reasons that someone could need a hip replacement is if a fracture to the bone causes this necrosis, this unplanned death of bone cells in part of the bone that leads into the hip socket. It's not that the bone is broken so much, rather, that the result of these cutoff blood vessels starves the bone cells from oxygen and nutrients and it can turn a fracture into the need for a total joint replacement. Cartilage is like a very thick gel that covers the ends of bones inside of joints. And I mean 
the sort of gel that comes in gel insoles for shoes inserts. It's really strong and can absorb lots of impact, just like an insole. But one major difference is that cartilage has no blood supply. It's inside the body, it's next to things that have blood supply, but there are no blood vessels that actually permeate through the cartilage. The cartilage cells can only get nutrients slowly as needed, but there's no blood vessels. And the biggest consequence is that there's no way for cartilage to repair itself when it's injured. And this is why so many adults will get osteoarthritis, or just arthritis, later in life. After a lifetime of use, cartilage starts to wear away and does not get replaced. Actually, another thing that cartilage does not have is nerves. So this means we can't feel the wearing down of the cartilage until it impacts the outer layers of bone, which have lots of nerves. So right now, there's some cartilage injury happening as I walk around and get exercise, and it won't be until much later, hopefully, that I feel the effects. One last thing that's kind of cool, since there are no blood vessels that go into cartilage, everything gets in and out through a sort of squishing and sponging of the joints, meaning that when our joints flex and bend and move, the fluid around our joints moves and can exchange more materials with the fluid outside of the joint. And that area outside of the joint is closer to blood vessels and therefore that can help bring nutrients in and eliminate waste products out of the joint. For people with rheumatoid arthritis, this is why their joints will be the most stiff in the morning after they've spent all night lying in one place. After moving around and getting some of the inflammation out of the joints, the joints will feel better. I was really inspired by my housemate this block. He was, he's vacuuming. It's going to be a little bit noisy. <laughs> he was a huge part of writing the application to get doses, vaccine doses for Kalamazoo residents and creating these vaccine clinics that I've been talking about. The application was approved on a Monday, uh, two weeks ago. The doses arrived on Thursday and then we had a clinic set up and we vaccinated 1,100 people by the end of that weekend. The first phase of the vaccine clinics is finished and we've vaccinated um, we've used nearly all of the 250 vials of vaccines which works out to more than 2500 vaccine doses and they've all been given to underserved people in our community it made me feel really lucky to help it was an historic time this is 103 years after the spanish flu epidemic i got to set up in different parts of town where i've never been before with a bunch of medical students and pharmacists and church and community organization leaders and give life-saving vaccines to people who have the highest barriers to getting medical care. We got to just cut through a lot of those barriers by being there in the neighborhoods, ready to give vaccine doses and skip the red tape that usually makes it so hard for them. And it was really inspiring. And it reminded me that it's great to think big and try things that might seem impossible and not to play it too safe when I'm in a position to possibly do something extraordinary. So the quote that I was thinking about is really about staying in that positive mindset, about seeing opportunity and maximizing the situation. If you can't get out of it, get into it. I think I read it from a Reddit user, and I'm sorry, I don't know exactly where it comes from. But I think the idea is just there are some situations that seem difficult at the beginning. The idea is to embrace the possibilities that are still inherent in the situation and make something great happen. I had said that this block was one of the hardest yet, maybe the hardest yet, 
And I think part of that is that I had so many things going on that I really had to cut back a little bit on some of the ways I was studying in order to have time for everything else that was going on. I decided earlier in medical school that I wanted to continue reviewing all of the content for my board exams, even while I was studying new courses. So that would mean reviewing things like genetics and metabolism, even when I'm learning massive amounts of new material in the musculoskeletal system and in our next block, neurology. But over the last few weeks, the demands on my time have gotten greater, and there have been more opportunities to put into practice some of the knowledge that I've been gaining through my studies and participate in research and vaccination clinics. So the upshot is, is that I put some of my reviewing on the back burner, and I'm just going to try to focus more on the current knowledge that I'm gaining while I'm in my courses and trust that I'll have the time I need to go back and review before my board exams. Also, in case I haven't mentioned it, the first board exam has transitioned to a pass-fail score instead of a three-digit score. So it used to be a major filtering tool for applications to residencies, but now it's just going to be a pass-fail. And so I'm hoping that my performance in courses and my extracurricular activities will be given even more weight when I apply to residencies. So it seems like focusing on the current classes and continuing the research and the extracurricular activities that I'm passionate about really makes the most sense. Lastly, I'm going to try to use this week, in part, to get a little jump on neurology. Um, There's a great video series that I've been using called Online Med Ed, which is a third-party series that gives a really nice look at all the material in our courses from a clinical perspective. It isn't something that can replace what we're learning in our lectures, but it's a great accompaniment. And if I watch like the first six hours, I think, of Online Med Ed lectures this week, then I'll be in a great position to start the NeuroBlock. That's it for this episode. We talked about bones and cartilage, and I'm feeling really inspired to push forward with some of my new projects, and I think I have a good plan for the next block. Please email me if you have any questions about med school or want me to talk about something on the podcast, b-r-o-o-t at fastmail.com. Thanks to David Funkhauser for the intro and outro music. Have a great week.